0: Good afternoon, apes. Hello once again. It's been a while since we've been back on the Daily Peel's live stream here today. So thank you guys all for joining us that are here on the live stream today. It's been about four days since we last went live with that market holiday and everything. Shout out to Mr. George Washington behind me as well for being born yesterday, uh, hundreds of years ago, of course, to give us this day off. I mean, what an absolute clutch move. Imagine you die and your birthday is literally a day off for everybody in your country going forward. That's just the greatest legacy, the greatest gift that somebody can give. Uh, but shout out to him for that but anyway let's get into what we're doing here today you guys already know it is currently february 20th 1 12 p.m in the afternoon over here eastern time so happy afternoon to everybody out there good morning to everybody out on the western coast as well but we're coming at you live with the daily peel live stream today daily peel number 650 here today i can't believe it's been that many additions but we're running it back once again so we haven't seen you guys since thursday because of that market holiday once again but we do have a lot to talk about, uh, especially on the inflationary side of things. So we did get the producer price index on Friday. We'll be talking about that a little bit more as well, uh, given that inflation just doesn't seem to want to give up. You know who else never gave up was Mr. George Washington as well. I mean, this guy started a war over a 3% tax on sugar. Imagine what he would do if he saw nearly 9 or 10% inflation that we did. There'd probably be multiple world wars going on right now if this crazy bastard was still alive. Thankfully, he's out of here and all he's doing these days is just giving us a day off. But Anyway, we did still get some stock movements on the day. Uh, So Coinbase rode the wave of crypto as Bitcoin crosses $50,000 once again. We got a lot of other movements to talk about as well. And then, of course, OpenAI set the internet on fire this weekend. And we'll dive into that at the very end. Stay tuned for our thoughts on what the next steps for AI are, especially as it relates to OpenAI and their next development, moving into these multimodal artificial intelligence models beyond just random text, uh, probabilistic determined text and everything get into images, videos, and a lot of other cool stuff going forward. All right, but of course, we wouldn't want to leave you guys empty-handed. We do, of course, have another daily dose of financial fraud here today. Stick around for about 30 seconds to check out uh, our latest edition of financial fraud that we wanted to show you guys here today. This one's pretty fun. In 2020, I actually signed up for over 15 bogus small business loans, and since I'm already going to jail, it's time to tell my side of the story. Now this scam started out like any other good scam. An error from the government, an opportunity for me. There was a form that you could fill out online, and it would ask you three questions. It would ask you, do you own a small business? You would check yes. Then it would ask you if you want $10,000. You'd check yes. And then it would say, do you promise you own a small business? Then you check yes again, and boom, $10,000. Now, this process was like taking candy from a baby. So once I got the 10000 I did the right thing, and I told everyone. I mean, the only thing wrong with that I can see there is that is absolutely insulting to infants and children and babies everywhere. It is far easier to take money from the U.S. government than to take candy from a baby. Uh, so that's really the only thing he got wrong there. But shout out to that guy for actually going to jail for some shit that he did and probably tweeted about, so... That's our daily lesson on why we never listen to financial advice from Twitter, TikTok, anything else like that. I can't believe that's a PSA that we even have to make in 2024. Uh, But it's especially something to be aware of going forward with artificial intelligence and all this nonsense. If something sounds too good to be true, like free $10,000 from the government, it probably is. But hey, mad respect to that guy for actually going to prison for it. All right, but let's go ahead and take a look at the market snapshot. As a reminder, guys, this is going all the way back to Friday of last week. This is not Monday. Markets were closed here in the United States yesterday. But we do have the WSO Alpha portfolio down right in line with the S&P 500. We're about, uh, you know, one basis point lower than the S&P on the day. We lost 0.49%. The S&P lost 48 bits, whereas the NASDAQ was down a huge 82 bits. Not really huge, but huge in comparison to the WSO Alpha portfolio. We can now see Alpha is absolutely gaining right behind the S&P 500. Like I always said, you know, the S&P is just way too easy to beat. So we're not surprised at all that we're right neck and neck in that territory the nasdaq they're still smoking us but you know we'll be up there as long as bitcoin and ethereum continue to rip we do have exposure to both of these cryptocurrencies within the alpha portfolio so if that does continue to rip then hey we could be out up- by quite a bit fingers crossed on that but let's go ahead and move on into some of the major stories from the day over the weekend i did compile this yesterday night so we're incorporating some stuff on the weekend as well but essentially one of the coolest things that I saw was that the Magnificent 7, if they were—if these seven stocks alone were their entirely on separate stock market, it would be the second largest in the entire world behind only the rest of the United States. That's absolutely ridiculous. It's larger than every other country in the world and many, many countries put together as well. So crazy to see that stuff. Should we be concerned about concentration of the Mag 7? Who knows? A lot of debates going on. And I've been all over the internet about that stuff. Definitely let us know your thoughts and I'm sure we'll disagree. All right. And then Capital One, this came late in the day yesterday, but Capital One did announce that they're going to be purchasing Discover Financial for about $35.3 billion. We'll be writing about that much more in depthly tomorrow. So stay tuned as well. Then, of course, further sanctions might be coming. Now, the U.S. government is considering using those sanctions that didn't work at all on Russian companies against Chinese companies for continuing to sell shit to Russia. So, you know, because it didn't work already, let's go ahead and make it not work somewhere else at the same time. Then finally, U.S. housing starts completely absolutely fucking over the next generation, down about 15% in January. If you're anywhere close to me and kind of like thinking about maybe wanting to live in a home someday, uh, you just got fucked last month. So that was not great to see. Not great for our Zillow report as well, but definitely stay tuned on the WSO Alpha side to see how that changes things with our Zillow thesis. All right, but let's go ahead and move into the macro story of the day. You know, just like George Washington behind me, just like Kobe Bryant always said, that Mamba mentality, that I think George Washington really exemplified, probably more than any anybody else, uh, that is being shown in the inflationary data here. This thing, just like Miley Cyrus too, it simply can't stop, won't stop. Inflation did pick back up in January. So the PPI, the Producer Price Index, this is much like the CPI, but for manufacturing companies. It's basically showing inflation at the wholesale re- level rather than at the retail level. So this is one stage before it actually shows up on the store shelves when so they're putting together final demand goods so it's kind of like inflation for raw materials and the other shit that goes into the that goes into the manufacturing process for all the absolute nonsense that you guys buy so that gained 0.3 percent in january economists were expecting the headline number to gain 0.1 percent so we nearly tripled that obviously the market would have absolutely lost it on monday if they were open they're still freaking out about it here today a couple other things uh that are causing concern as well but It wasn't even necessarily just that headline number alone. It was really the core number as well here. So just like CPI, there is a core PPI as well. Core PPI jumped 0.5%. In January, it was also expected to rise just 0.1%. And then when we strip out transportation costs as well, we see that these final demand goods, or these wholesale goods, excuse me, jumped 0.6% to the monthly rate alone. And I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I felt very much, looking at this report, felt very much to me like I was looking at Hezbollah. Uh, it was still pretty small, but extremely shocking to me. Very disturbing if if I don't say so myself. I just hope Hezbollah doesn't call me out and try to fight me over the internet at this point. Now, I really think he would have a good shot of winning that fight. But if we go back to the inflationary data here, if we extend our view a little bit to the past 12 months instead of just the last month alone, we see the core PPI actually up 2.6% over that period. That's still far above the 2% that the Federal Reserve is looking for. And more importantly, it was a big uptick in what we've seen in recent months as well. Uh, definitely not something to be too excited about. And this is the Mamba mentality that we're talking about. You know, Kobe Bryant would be so proud, RIP to him. But anyway, he would be so proud of inflation for just simply refusing to give up despite everything that J and the rest of the market is throwing in its way. This stuff just refuses to go away. And so we go ahead and take a look at this chart right here. I know this is incredibly ugly, but either way, this is basically showing us market implied odds for what they think the federal funds rate will be by the June meeting. So this is. Immediately following the June meeting. We do have three meetings before that, one in March, May, as well as June. And so if we go ahead and look at some of these tables here, we can see that the odds of rates being cut at this point have changed dramatically over time. So originally over a month ago, there was a uh it looks like there was a 0.6% odds of rates still being held at their current state, or just a month ago. Right now, there's about a 25% odds that rates are going to be held at their current state. That's a huge increase. Clearly, the market is shifting its outlook on the rate path going forward. So we're kind of pricing in some rates higher for longer. And that does make sense when we remember this chart as well. This is showcasing the current inflationary period overlaid with the 1970s inflationary period. A lot of people are saying that the economy isn't too similar uh, or the circumstances aren't too similar to the 1970s. And that's definitely true. But the inflationary trend has been uh, you know, somewhat similar as well. If we look at this chart, we can see That if we try to get a little bit too cute, where we start to pull back on monetary tightening a little bit too early, inflation can't tick back up and even go higher than it originally was. J Powell considers himself a modern day Paul Volcker. He's not going to be fucking around and trying to risk that whatsoever. So, you know, if anything, I would extend your view on interest rates being cut. June might not even be short enough. Every Fed official and their mother is already saying later on, second half of 2024, maybe we should actually start listening to them. But fingers crossed that, uh, you know, this next. The next thing that we're going to be looking out for is going to be the PCE report. That's coming out on February 29th. Yes, there is a February 29th this year. It is a leap year. And we certainly hope that that is the only thing leaping on the day, it's the actual date itself, and it's really not the PCE number, because then GPAL will pee his pants and absolutely freak out, and the market's going to melt down. And, you know, I'm going to cry myself to sleep as I usually do every night. All right, moving on down into some of the stock movements of the day, we did get a big uptick from Coinbase on Friday of 8.8%. Largely in response to Bitcoin ripping higher, going through fifty thousand again, Uh, and they did have a strong earnings report at the same time as well. They beat expectations, uh, reporting a dollar per share in earnings versus a nine share nine nine cent per share loss. Excuse me, guys. Just getting back into it. It's been a few days off, but they absolutely destroyed their earnings estimate. So obviously, the market was happy to see that, and a lot of that destroying was on higher trading volumes, largely related to the uh bitcoin etfs that have been launched by all these asset managers along with custody fees that they're starting to collect from these asset managers as well really just who knew all bitcoin needed to succeed was blackrock and the rest of the traditional financial system to get behind them btc bulls are gonna absolutely want to hang me over the cross for something like that but that is clearly what's happened over the past month at least all right moving on down to our second big mover of the day moving in the right direction at least we have applied materials and this thing is just as hot as the love child of emrata as well as pete davidson Uh, extremely surprising to see how much this company beat as well they basically delivered two dollars and three cents per share when markets were only expecting about a buck 93 per share clearly the chip wave the semiconductor craze isn't going away anytime soon applied materials for those that don't know they make the equipment that makes semiconductors so these It kind of speaks more to a long-term trend within AI as well, because companies wouldn't be investing in this super expensive equipment that goes into the PPE on their balance sheet. They wouldn't be investing in this stuff if they didn't think that they were going to need to to, uh, basically sufficiently meet this demand in the long term. So seeing that companies are increasing their orders of manufacturing equipment going forward shows that they still have this thesis that artificial intelligence and the uh, chip demand that comes with it is going to be around for a long time. Definitely a great sign for firms like NVIDIA, like ARM, like AMD. Uh, So, you know, be on the lookout there. It doesn't look like that quote unquote bubble is going to be cooling off anytime soon. All right, moving on down into Roku. This was Roku's single worst trading day in history. This thing was publicly listed during the pandemic and it still never fell this much in a single day. So this was absolute garbage. The firm, they basically came out, their earnings report wasn't terrible, but it was really the forward guidance that did them in. Now, they projected that they'd have about $370 million in gross profits in Q1. Wall Street wanted 373 It's $3 million in gross profits. I mean, it probably doesn't warrant a 24% sell-off in the stock. But, hey, I think what it speaks to is a more kind of deep problem here. Basically, this is Wall Street saying that, you know, if you're coming up short, clearly you're not able to meet the demand. And maybe Roku's getting ridden out of the streaming wars pretty early here. Definitely let us know what your thoughts are as well. And finally finishing up with Doordash on the day down 8.1%. Basically, this company they had a very strong earnings report, 23% sales growth, uh, but losing 39 cents a share was still intolerable. Analysts were expecting about 16 cents per share. But there was some one-time line items that are a little bit questionable, doesn't really make them entirely comparable. So market overreacted a little bit here, even it did surprise to the upside, but even as a complete bullshit measure that you know nobody should care about, but Wall Street clearly does care about for Whatever fucking reason. But either way, the next time that you order a $22 coffee and a muffin from DoorDash, just remember to give them a tip and maybe tip your local shareholder as well, because trust me, the guys in DoorDash definitely need it. All right, moving on down into the thought banana of the day. This is a really fun one for us today because AI is absolutely taking over the world and they nearly destroyed the entire internet this weekend. So, you know, basically what happened was OpenAI came out and released this new artificial intelligence model called Sora. This is different from the models that they have so far. First was ChatGPT, which was a text-to-text-based model. Then was Dolly, which was a text-to-photo model, where you type in a prompt, and it would generate some kind of a photo based on that prompt. Now we're taking it one step further, and it's text-to-video. And that's what we're seeing with Sora. And guys, it is absolutely crazy what they're publishing out there. I mean, some of this stuff is wildly realistic. It's absolutely insane to see. But some of it is completely adorable as well. Like there's a lot of stuff with dogs going on. Who doesn't love a nice golden retriever and a great little good boy like that? Uh, the model isn't widely available just yet, but thankfully, Sam Altman, the rest of OpenAI, they did bless the internet by sharing some of these uh, experimental products that they've made so far. It has been released to developers, some artists, some shit like that, so we can get some creativity and see what this thing can do. But definitely go ahead and click on these links here. You know, I provided some of the ones that I thought were the coolest. Um, or at least the, you know, funniest, most realistic or anything else like that. I mean, look at how sick this is. These two dogs just chilling. I would give anything for this to be real. But for now, I'll just pretend that it's real. And I'll take the fake version for now. Now, if we go ahead and look at this fucking spaceman. I thought this was a trailer for a new movie when I first tried, saw it. I am not even joking about that. I This was the first Sora video that I saw. And I clicked into it. And I was like, this movie looks sick. Because that kind of shit is right up my alley. And then I realized, oh, fuck, it's just open AI fucking around with some of their new shit. Definitely go ahead and check that out. We saw mammoths walking through the earth. And then, of course, the single best one, these golden retriever puppies running through the snow. Look at how goddamn adorable that is. This is going to be great for ASPCA commercials because instead of actually showing us them, you know, some asshole beating the shit out of his dog or something, they can just make artificial intelligence versions of that. And it'll still have the same emotional effect. We won't have to suffer through seeing that actually happen in real life. That's one of these effects that nobody's really thinking about is on the ASPCA. All right, but who actually should care about this stuff? I mean, I do, you should, and so should everybody else, regardless of how many times your dad tells you that AI is just a fad and it's going away. He is absolutely wrong. This is only getting crazier and crazier. Some of the most groundbreaking ideas uh, for usage going forward in AI, and specifically with Sora, uh, you know, some of the ones that we wanted to shout out here, personalized media. Users could basically describe a video... TV show, maybe even eventually a video game that they would want to play. And Sora, along with some other engines, would be able to design that exact media and showcase it to you. Extended media is another example of this as well. If you love something like The Sopranos, Breaking Bad, or maybe you're four years old and you like Coco Melon or some shit like that, you could say, hey, add 10 minutes, add 30 minutes, add an hour to this episode, and somehow it'll fill in those details using the large language model technology, be able to render that in near 4K video as it can already do with Sora. Sora at this point is limited to just one minute, so it's not like it can do that yet, but that is where this is going. Another scary idea is the idea of being able to kind of generate your own news feed with Sora. You could say like, hey, you know, give me news about all of this different kind of stuff. We'll talk about why that's scary in just a minute, but one of the other immediate applications that we could see from this uh, is something, and I need you guys to get your minds out of the gutter before we go into this, but it is entirely possible to revolutionize the pornography industry with all of this stuff. You could basically personalize it to whatever you freaks are looking at out there. I mean, I don't even want to think about what you guys might possibly be searching on this stuff, but either way, it is in theory possible, although there's going to be hell of restrictions on this. Thank fucking God, as Taylor Swift unfortunately learned already, you know, we love to make fun of Taylor Swift, but that was some really fucked up shit out there. Either way, that scary stuff that we're talking about is the further division in society that this kind of a technology could pose for us, especially when you overlay that with some of the new hardware that's coming out like Apple Vision Pros, we start to think, People could have entirely personalized media in an entirely personalized consumption environment. So nobody would have TV shows to talk about anymore because we're all watching our own versions of it. The really scary part comes in when you can say like, hey, you know, I want my own curated news feed. If we think that the echo chambers of social media is bad already, just imagine where this could take us. That pretty much does complete everything that we'd want to talk about here today. Now we're just wondering when Sora will become widely available, what's next for OpenAI and the rest of the AI community. Uh, And, you know, honestly, I don't even know if I want answers to that question. But hey, that's the kind of story that we're left with at this point. Now, we had to finish up the day with a quote from technologist Mark Andreessen. This was in his seminal 2011 essay, Software is Eating the World. He said, Over the next 10 years, I expect many more industries to be disrupted by software, with new world beating Silicon Valley companies doing the disruption in more cases than not. He absolutely hit the nail on the head. I mean, do you guys remember 2011 to 2021 or even to 2024 if we extend beyond just that 10-year window that he said? Shit has been absolutely crazy, and there's no better way to say it than that. With that, guys, with that insightful analysis to lead you off with, uh, that's pretty much going to be it for us today. Definitely check back in tomorrow. No more days off. No more market holidays until Memorial Day, I'm pretty sure, is that next one, which kind of makes me want to claw my eyes out. But, hey, either way, we'll be here with you guys. We'll be going live every day. Make sure to leave us a review. Make sure to like and subscribe if you're on the YouTube. Really helps me keep my job. Really helps us boost our algorithms. But again, if you say anything negative, uh, just know that I will cry myself to sleep. It's probably going to ruin my entire next week. All right. With all that said, thanks guys for joining. Happy trading. Happy investing. Bye, everyone. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way. Patrick at WallStreetOasis.com. Until next time.